Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Today or wherever you are, if you're here, amen. So go with me to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to put the flesh in its place over the next couple of weeks here. I'm going to do a little spin-off series from our kingdom series. I'm going to go a little deeper with it into more practical uh, things about kingdom living. And uh, this is for Christians and new believers. I want to give a shout out to those that have given your life to the Lord Jesus. We've been praying for you and thank you for letting us know how you're walking with God now and and uh, shout out to that person in e-course who told me that you even took communion with us last week by using Kool-Aid and uh, whatever else you had. That's my e-course people. Come on, somebody. You blessed me with that, and uh, I, I thank you for that. I mean, it's just whatever, man. You got to do what you got to do in this season. This is just one of them seasons, amen? But people are growing in their faith. And I want you to stay seated because I'm going to preach a little bit as I go. We're going to do a lot of reading. Uh, this is a very important chapter and please, if you're sharing it on Facebook, share it and write in your post, urgent message, that's, and share it. Uh, this is very important, what we're getting ready to get into tonight. We're going to put the flesh in its place. Some of us are going to have a breakthrough and a victory in areas that you haven't had in a long time. Some of you are going to get your fire back. Some of you are going to get more passionate, and that's going to overrun all the fear and anxiety and everything else that the world's trying to throw at us. And we're going to get back on track. Amen. So here, Galatians is a church that was on fire for God, and they begin to get back into the flesh. And the flesh begin to rise up and begin to take them out. And we're seeing that. We're seeing it on a global level, on a nation, national level, in the church. Uh, we prayed at the Synergy the other day for Carl Lentz and his family as uh, Tim Delana stood in the pulpit, who also pastors in New York and was involved in helping and, and bringing healing to that body of uh, believers uh, in Hillsong because it's not a Hillsong problem, it's a body of Christ problem. And we prayed for him and his family. But if pastors are feeling it, if I'm feeling it, I know you're feeling it. Amen? So the Galatian church, that's why God left the book of the Bible in the Bible for us because he, he showed us how to overcome it. Look in verse 7. He, Paul says to you and I, You ran well. Who hindered you? from obeying the truth. What happened? You were doing great. You were on fire. What happened? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. So wherever this persuasion, wherever this person, wherever this source is telling you to, 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 to give up on God or to backtrack or to let the flesh just have its way, that doesn't come from God. A little leaven, a little compromise leavens the whole lump. A little compromise spreads like leaven in bread, and it'll take, your, it'll take you down. And then he says, I, brethren, uh, verse 12, I, I could wish that those that are persuading you to back off of God, basically, who trouble you, would even cut themselves off. That's a powerful scripture. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Everybody say, I'm free. I'm free. You're liberty. But don't use your liberty, watch this, as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve your favorite people. Serve those that voted for the same candidate you did. Serve those that, no, one another. Help me, Jesus. 
For all of the Bible is filled. What do I, how do I obey God, Pastor? And there's all these churches and denominations. How do I know I'm doing the right thing? Here it is. One thing you got to do. The whole Bible is fulfilled in one word. You ready? Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't do that and you bite and devour one another, beware. This is Bible. Lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, and here's our, our scripture for the next few weeks, walk in the Spirit. Everybody say walk. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires or lust of the flesh. For the flesh wars, that's a better word than lust, wars against the Spirit. And the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. It wars against you. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh, they're obvious. They are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. It's okay to be ambitious, but selfish ambition is not good. Dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. He left it open. And the like. In case 2020 or any, the 21st century brings some new ones. I'm going to leave it open, Paul is writing. Of which I tell you beforehand, I've also told you in times past, that those who practice, underline that word, that's key, practice these things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are we reading the same Bible? But the fruit, underline fruit, and write proof next to that. Come on, class. That's what it means to have fruit, is the proof. The proof that the Spirit of God is in us, you will have what? You've learned them in Sunday school. There's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Here's a big one. Self-control, even on social media. Against such, there is no law. God ain't got no problem. There ain't no law for that. Come on, are you still here? And those who belong to Christ, how many belong to Christ? You are expected to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. For if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes there, especially in verse 17, how they, the flesh and the Spirit wars against one another about the kingdom conflict. Put your hand over your heart today and pray that God would open your heart to hear this word in Jesus' name. Go ahead, ask him to give you ears to hear. You're watching online. This is a, one of those messages that can change your life forever. Help us, Lord, as the Galatian church was struggling. Many may be watching this in another state, in another county, and they haven't been to church in months. They have slowly crept back into some old habits. They are, they are not friends. They have, have cut off people that you have brought into their life to help them. And, and God, they are just in a lonely place right now. I pray, God, that you would bring healing and restoration in this final push before we start seeing revival in this country. In Jesus' name. And I believe that, church. I believe that we are, we are a remnant. Do you know what a remnant is? A remnant, in case, in case you're new to the church or something... Uh, you may not know that. That's a Bible term. Uh, remnant simply means peace, a peace. We as a nation have been here before. 
history, we have been, and this is a rough year, but we actually, in our history, have been through worse. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't let me go 20 minutes on proving it historically, but we have. I mean, just look at the first uh, century church. Imagine having a ruler of your nation persecuting and killing you. I mean, it's been rough. God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That is more than just an exciting, hyped verse. That is fact. We will make it. The ones that make it are part of the remnant. Now, what is a remnant? A remnant is, watch this. this say this is a big fabric, big piece. Pull that out of my hand. She just pulled it. I have in my hand the remnant. The remnant. Remember when Elijah the prophet felt like he was all alone? He went into a, a, a tomb, a, a cave. It basically was a tomb. And he said, God, I'm the only one left that's serving you. I'm the only one left that's reading my Bible. That I'm the only one left that's really doing it. And he's having a pity party. How many's ever had one of those? Isn't it mad? Isn't it frustrating because God never comes to those? And God said, Elijah, get up because I have a remnant of 7,000 other people just like you who you have no idea who hasn't bowed their knee to Baal. And I want you to know no matter what 2020 brings our way that I want to be a part of the remnant. I want to be a part of God's remnant that says let the gates of hell come against me and my family but it will not prevail against what God has called. I'm in his hand. Come on somebody. I'm in the hand of Jesus and no man is strong enough to pluck me out of his hand. That's a remnant because I'm a remnant. I'm talking to remnant people today. Pulling up and seeing all the cars. I told Melinda, I said, you know, no matter what happens, I know we can always, or we're always going to have a remnant in a core at River of Life. I just thank God for you because you're just faithful and, and, and gonna, we're going to make it through and we will see the glory of God. All right, let me get into this. So you got culture and you got kingdom. Culture has another set of values, morals, beliefs, ideas, right? It, this, the culture says this is right. Culture says this is love. Culture says this is family. This is what you want to do. Culture says this is how you treat people. There's even a part, a subculture called cancel culture. You guys know about this. And that, look it up. Siri would tell you. I asked her the other day. And it's basically someone who says one thing that is offensive or even wrong. Cancel culture pulls back all support, defriends them, gets them out of your life, and pulls back and cancels them. Hence the name cancel culture. That's where we're living in 2020. That's there. But we also have another set of values from the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has another set of morals, another set of values, tells us what love is, 1 Corinthians 13, tells us what God's ideal for the family is, tells us what God's plan is for our sexuality, tells, tells us how to treat our enemies when they, when they come against us. We just read it. It's got a whole set of values and morals. Forever in history, man has wanted power from God to overthrow their enemies, but God says, I'm going to give you power through the Spirit to overcome your flesh. Culture says, I need power to get back to my enemies, to get even with them. And so man has always wanted this power to overcome their enemies. And God says, I'm going to give you my, my spirit to overcome your flesh. Because I've learned most of the time the problem is in within me. We can change churches, neighborhoods, cities, jobs, companies, schools, pull your kid out and go to three different schools. But after they're suspended for four schools, I think maybe it may not be the school. I'm just saying. 
I thank God I didn't have a mama like that. My mama was, when I come home and say, I got, I got, had to stand in the hallway today and got swatted. I was expecting mama to go, we're going to go up to that school. Mama wouldn't. She would say, you going to get another one? How many had a parent like that? How many want to talk about, what'd you do? I hated that. Now, I had a friend that did the opposite. I loved going over his house. But I thank God for mama doing that because look where I am today. So if you are appreciative of that, everyone say, thank you, Sister Mary. Amen. Listen, the purpose of a Christ follower is that God gives us the power uh, to walk in the character of the kingdom. And listen, let me just get right into it. All of us are either uh, attracting people to the light of the kingdom or we are repelling people away from the kingdom. Let me prove that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus said it in Luke 11. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. Point number one. You know what he's saying here? It is impossible to remain neutral in the battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. It is impossible to remain neutral. You may be watching and say, Pastor Eddie, I'm not, that, I'm not that all into that thing about God. You know, that stuff that you read, I'm still kind of into some of that. And, and listen, it's one thing to struggle with some of these things in the flesh. The key word was not to practice them things, but to let the fruit of the Spirit be developed in your life and you learn to walk more in love and self-control than you do in any of those other things today. Amen? But you cannot remain neutral in the battle against the flesh. You say, Pastor Ray, I'm not into that praying and fasting. I'm just kind of in my own little thing, my own little life. Listen, you cannot do that. You are either, Jesus made it clear, you are either on one side or the other. You cannot be kind of saved no more than you can be kind of pregnant. I've said that for years. And when it comes to the flesh, you can't be in neutral. Come on, tell somebody, you can't remain neutral. The flesh will take over. Now, let me tell you, many of us don't like it that because we don't like conflict. Many of us don't like conflict. The title of this message is The, is the Kingdom of Conflict because there's a conflict in there. Now, listen, I grew up in e-course, all right? I grew up where we, my first fight, I was six years old. Jeff Hamilton, if you're watching, I love you, brother, he hit me in the eye with a hockey stick, got three stitches at six years old. Took me down. He was a bully. He was the big bully in the neighborhood, wasn't he, Mom? Mama would even say, Eddie, don't go around him. I'd say, no, he's going to be my friend. He'd take me, he'd get me away from people, and he would start a fight with me, and he was big. He hit me in the eye with a hockey stick because Angie and Melissa had a crush on me. I was a lover, not a fighter. Come on, somebody. Amen. But Jeff got me in the alley, and he, he hit me three stitches. I fought all through E-Course. My last day at E-Course High in ninth grade. Uh, I got jumped coming out of the back of the school. If it wasn't for my one friend, Jake Pongress, I love you, brother, if you're watching, he tried warning me because some of my so-called friends set it up. And that's a double hurt when you got your friends who you thought setting you up. Man, they were all out there, and Dad pulled up, and thank God my dad pulled up. And I was like, come on. You know, got me in the car, and, and I was so mad. I was so hurt, and we, we all had already moved to Taylor and Dad says, you're going to start a new school Monday. And it was John F. Kennedy High School. I know I give a lot of shout-outs to the best school in Taylor. And uh, anyway, uh, so I was going to start a new school. I'm, I'm, what are you, 14 when you're in ninth grade? I was like 14 years old. I was starting the second semester. And talking about conflict. And we get there, and I'll never forget my very first class uh, 
English class in the morning. Who does English in the morning? I picked the wrong schedule. Anyway, I remember I looked over, and there was this biggest dude in, I've ever seen in Kennedy Taylor. He was wearing a camel jacket. Everyone dressed so, I'm sitting there with my Adidas on. I'm from, I'm totally just, everybody's so different in that school. This dude's got camo on. He looks over at me, and he just, he shows me his longest finger on his hand. And he stares me down. I've never seen this kid in my life. This is welcome to Kennedy High School. This is what I get. And I'm like, and he's big. And I'm, I'm like, all right, see that garbage can next to her class? Jump. I'm a, hey, and I'm thinking of this. Actually, when the bell rung, I was out of there and went to the next. Guess who followed me in the next three classes? Big camo dude. And, uh, and he's just eyeballing me. And so I, I, and then we were approaching the most important hour of the day. Lunchtime. That's where the who's who's is who's who's, right? We had A lunch and B lunch. I had A lunch, and guess who I saw walking into the cafeteria? Mr. John Bunyan himself. And I said, oh my, here we go. So this is what I did. Don't judge me. I'm 14. To be honest with you, it, I was tired of the conflict. I've been fighting all the time. My friend, we got jumped on the tracks uh, e-course, and my friend had his shoes. He's got his shoes taken from him. I mean, guns pulled. I can I can tell you, growing up in E-Town wasn't easy. Isn't that right, Ramirez? And uh, it's just how it was. And I got to Kennedy, and I'm thinking, a new school, man. I'm going to go out for track or sports. I'm going to get into something. And and and, and we, I have this problem. And so my my my, you know, the fight or flight thing kicked in. And many of you are there, and you're there like with God, and you're you're wanting to try to find a neutral place in serving God. And I'm telling you today, I just read it to you. You cannot do that. So what I did is I went through line, I got me a little brownie. I don't even like those cafeteria brownies, the little peanuts on them, and a little plastic wrapper, and, and I think a milk. And I went into the bathroom to eat my lunch. Yeah. And we had a theme song in the 80s that were about the, the bathrooms at high schools. It was sung by Motley Crue, and it goes a little something like this. Smoking in the... Y'all heard it too, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we, I remember walking in, and it was the little cafeteria. It was a little bathroom across the cafeteria. I went in there, and it was from wall to wall with the Shekinah Newports. And <laughs> you, you literally could not breathe in there. We actually had smoking doors where if you were a senior, you could smoke. You could smoke in there. And, uh, but at my time, you couldn't. Everybody was sneaking in the bathrooms. Anyway, I remember I went in with my brownie, and I'm eating my brownie and drinking my little milk because I'm afraid of conflict. And I never forget, I heard this voice. Dude, how are you eating that in here? I turned around and I looked up. And it was Jeff Hamilton, the bully from Ecorse. I said, Are you kidding me? God, is this going to be my call in life? And I looked at him and he looked at me and I saw it in his eyes. He recognized who I was. Eddie! I went, Hey, he goes, it's me, it's Jeff. I'm like, yeah, didn't recognize you without your hockey stick. I was like, whoa, what's up? He goes, brother, and he hugs me. And he goes, what are you doing in here, man? And I said, you know, I just, you know, eat my dessert in here. I was already in the camp. He goes, if I'd known you was here at my school, I would have had you sit at my table, man. I would have had you come by me, man. Listen, this, are you new here? And I was short, as you can tell, haven't grown much. He, and he just said this, he said, Bro, if anybody messes with you at this school, you come let me know. 
Now, he looked totally different. His red hair turned darker. He was down to here with his hair. Hey, that was another thing in the 80s, man. Back in the, I'm telling you, these dudes had longer hair than some of the girls. I'm telling you. But he, was, he was what we call a burnout. He was a headbanger. I mean, that's what he was. But he was, he was my friend, the headbanger burnout. So I was like, and, and here's the point. I got to thinking, what would have happened if, if I wouldn't have been so afraid of conflict? If I would just would have went into the cafeteria, I know I would have seen Jeff. He definitely, obviously would have spoke up and said, hey, sit at my table. I would have loved to, meet, to have Jeff go over and meet Mr. Camouflage with the long finger and say, hey, I want you to meet my friend. Here's the point of all of that as I'm t- telling you that story. is so many of people and you're watching and you're here and you're listening and you're afraid of conflict. You're afraid of destroying the, root, uh, the works of the flesh and you've allowed the flesh to push you into an isolated, smoky, smelly, dark, lonely place that you did not think you would ever be in in your life. It may not be a bathroom, but it's an old habit. It could be a relationship. You're in a relationship right now, and you're saying, why doesn't this guy honor me? Why doesn't he respect me? It's always about his boys, always about partying. He loves his drinking more than he loves me. Maybe it's because the flesh is taken over in that relationship, trying to help us today. But you got somebody that's standing in that bathroom today that's greater than any obstacle or vice of the flesh. And he's telling you today, man, just put your faith in me. I'm going to walk with you through this school. And if anybody messes with you in 2020, if you're battling any addiction in your life today, let me know because I can help you clean house. Because I got your back. You can't remain neutral is my point today. Tell your neighbor, say, you can't stay neutral. You can't stay neutral when it comes to the flesh. You've got to mortify the flesh. Look what he says in verse 16. Walk in the spirit. Everybody say walk. He didn't say sit in the spirit. He said walk in the spirit. That means get up, get dressed, come to church. If you're able, if you're not sick, get up, read your Bible, get up, pray. Get up. What am I saying? The flesh will take over. The flesh will take, you cannot remain neutral. It will take over. The old habits will come. The old ways will come. I call them the echoes of the wilderness. They made their way back into the children of Israel, and God said, that's it. None of you are coming into the promised land, except for Joshua and Caleb. The rest of you go in the bathroom and eat your brownie, because you've grown accustomed to the smoke-filled, lonely place. And if you want it, you can have it. But as for me and my house, I'm coming out. I'm living for him. Come on, give him praise today if that's you. Don't let the flesh push you around like you're a 14-year-old kid. Come on. You got someone greater in you. Someone greater in you that can overcome anything. You can't remain neutral. The flesh will take over. Then verse 24, let's move on says, and these who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I love how Romans says it. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Point number two, it is impossible to win the battle over the flesh without the Holy Spirit. You cannot overcome any habits on your own. 
I know good vibes is good, but good vibes ain't going to help you put your marriage back together. Your horoscope ain't going to help you get out of this one, brother. You, your what, positive thinking is not going to lift you up out of the things that Satan comes against you. The story I told you last week how God saved my dad's life and brought a miracle. We didn't run with a horoscope and say, well, I'm Pisces, so this means this is what's going to happen. Or I didn't say, hey, good vibes is going to bring you back. It was Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I rebuke death over my dad. I rebuke death over my dad. Come on, somebody. Telling us. It's, this is the kind of year where I, one pastor was saying, this is God's using this to separate the wheat and tear. I don't know, but I do know this, that the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent one's got to take it by force. I'm telling you, you got to do it. How do you do it? How do you overcome habits? How do you overcome fear? Some of you may be living uh, like in a smelly high school bathroom right now. How do I get out of that, Pastor Eddie? You get out of it with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's all I'm saying. It's okay to have good vibes. I like being around positive people. Who likes being around negative people? I had a guy at work. We called him Eeyore. He even talked like him. I'm telling you. When I worked with him, it was the most draining day of my life. I don't care if the sun was shining. Man, isn't it a nice day? Yeah, it's going to rain later. This guy was Eeyore. How many know some Eeyores? They're just joy suckers. Have a good service. And you see something on Facebook. Oh, did you not listen? Joy suckers, you, you know, they, they, you don't want to be around them. But I'm telling you, in order to overcome the flesh, you need more, more than just positive thinking, church. More than just good vibes. You can't overcome temptation. When Satan came to Jesus, Jesus didn't call the pastor. He didn't look up and say, oh, I wonder what uh, Stephen Furtick would say in this situation. I wonder what Greg Rochelle would say in this situation. No, no, no. He says, I know what the Holy Spirit told me this morning because I got up and read my scripture this morning. I, I don't have time for reading scripture, Pastor Eddie, but I sat during the elections for eight hours and watched who won the stupid presidency, and we still don't know. But I can't give 20 minutes to have victory to come and live for the Spirit of God. I'm trying to help us today. As I said, Donald Trump or Biden, neither one are going to pray a miracle and help you get out of that bathroom. I, I, I'm patriotic. Amen. I love our country. Let's pray for our country. We want revival. But God's plan, please listen to this. Are you ready? I'm about to drop it on you. God's plan to be carried out in the earth is always dependent upon his people, regardless of who's in the White House. A Christian president does help the cause. It does help to have pro-life legislation, pro-family and religious liberty. And I know I watched that speech from the justice on Thursday. And what I just read to you possibly could become illegal for me in the next 10 years. I believe that. But you know what? I'm still going to be here. Put me in jail if you have to. I'm going to preach about Jesus and his love and his purpose for your life. No matter what. We, we may come to that. And, and let's, if we do, let's go to jail because we preached the, the right scripture, not because we got into the flesh and just told them what I thought. They don't, you know, when we go off on people, no, 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 because people are hungry for truth. If we will do our due diligence Amen. and unpack it. Amen. You may have a family member that's struggling in their sexual identity. You may have a co-worker that's all confused in their religion. 
I'm telling you, there's, there's an answer, and it's in the kingdom. Look how they did it in the Bible. They had it just like we did, and they overcame. Let me just tell you this. The spirit can overcome any addiction. I put on this sweater this morning, and I notice on the back it's called Goodfellow. I don't know if that's a good brand or not. I don't even know where I got it. Target. My wife loves that store. Okay. And, but I got a flashback from that movie Goodfellows. It's not a good movie. But if you watch it on Pure Flicks, I think it's five minutes long. <laughs> back in the day, though. But instantly, it took me back to B.C. And I just got it. Many of you have seen Pastor Eddie up here for years, for seven years now. Or if you've been a part of our church, seen me as a youth pastor trying to... You may have to take your kids to therapy after my ministry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're fine. They're actually in church serving. Amen. It worked. Did a good job, didn't we, Melinda? But before that, I was least likely to be in a pulpit on Sunday preaching about uh, crucifying your flesh. I would be hungover sitting with a 40 watching the pregame show right now. Every car that pulls up, Melinda, who's it? who is it? I'm ready to go out the back door because I don't know what I did over the weekend. Our house got shot up when my daughter's room was in the front on High Street. I lived on High Street. The name of the street was High Street in Ecorse. Some of you know this story. That's the life I came out of, violence and rebellion and addiction. I couldn't do anything without my alcohol. Could not. Or my drugs. I was a very selfish person. I would pick fights with her just so I can make have an excuse to leave with my boys. I know none of you have ever done that. Because we just tolerated one another. I didn't know anything about being a true man of God and a husband and cherishing her. I had to learn that. But I only learned that when I crucified the flesh and got out of that stinky bathroom and begin to walk in the spirit. And now I'm 23 years clean and sober and loving it and pastoring the greatest church in Southeast Michigan. I'm just saying, the spirit works. The spirit works. The spirit works. The spirit can heal your marriage. The spirit can make you a man of God. Let me take you back to Ephesians. The scripture says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to dispensation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. How many heard that scripture? If you, you raise your hand in the chat. Put that little emoji. The one with all the fingers. <laughs> Some people watch and they still got to put that flesh on the cross. I'm just telling you where we are. What was I saying? <laughs> Ephesians. We stop right there and go, oh, full of the Spirit means we speak in tongues. That's not the only thing that you do when you're full of the Spirit. Read the rest of the verse. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Why? Because you're filled with the Spirit. Wives, submit to your husbands because... By the way, what is submission? Simply letting me duck or letting her duck and God smack me. Submission is simply this, guys. Her letting me lead her. Thank you, babe. Why don't you show off that shirt? Again, we read that. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And, oh, fathers, don't provoke your children under wrath. 
That is all in the context of being spirit-filled. We think it's talking in tongues and prophesying. If we don't have a prophecy or a tongue on tongue, then the Holy Spirit ain't there. No, God's wanting you to love your neighbor as yourself. He's wanting you to show up on time at work and be the one that say, I'm going to be, because I got the character of Christ in me. Is this any good? Are we losing viewers? Come on, listen. This works. This is so needed. I wish CNN and Fox News. Someone send this in there. Let Hannity see this. Let Anderson see this. Seriously. Jesus is the answer. And the kingdom of God is the answer. I'm almost done. Last point, verse 25, says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, not becoming conceited and provoking one another, envying one another. God had to get that e-course out of me. And I'm not saying if you're in e-course, you, you are all bad, because there's some good people in E-Town. Still there to this day holding the fort down. On my way down to Life Challenge, doing chapel, it's down on Seven Mile in Pearson. Pretty rough hood, man. But you can drive down that street, and you, see, you do see a lot of abandoned homes, but you'll also see a house with fresh paint, new windows, and you'll see a mom or a grandma out there sweeping the sidewalk. What are they doing? Taking care of what God's given them. I just, I, that gives me hope. Like, man, that's awesome, man. I want to stop and ask her if she needs help. Here's the last point. When we walk in victory over the flesh, it profits everyone. Because it's not about what you don't do. What is it? I don't smoke or chew or run with those that do. You know that old saying? And by the way, I could not even quit cigarettes without the Spirit of God. I quit buying them. And I just smoked my friends. We, we'll probably, many of you may be struggling with that. I just want to go back to that for a minute. The Spirit of God can break any habit off of your life. You may have no addictions on substance, but your problem is money. You love money or because of fear or anxiety. I mean, you can name it. There was a whole list there. But I'm telling you, after you get through the list, the whole rest of, of the Bible, basically, the other message is not about just dying to the flesh, but living for Christ. But the fruit of the Spirit is this. And let me tell you, our society and our culture desperately needs love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control. How many believe that? That's what our... And when we get our flesh under control, this is exactly what happens in our life. It's a lifestyle change. It's not about, oh, I quit this and I quit that. Listen, if you've got a vice, if you're practicing some of those things, I just, man, I just read it to you. It's tough. Quit it. But not just so you can say, oh, I went so long without doing this or I'm better than you. No, no, no. So that the fruit of the Spirit can mature in my life. Amen. We're getting ready to close. It means nothing. No, I'm just kidding. It does. I'm closing. You ever watch an athlete? A really good athlete. You got athletes that have barely made it into the NFL, and then you got them elites, them Barry Sanders, them Jerry Rice's, Joe Montana's. There's those uh, uh, Clowney. Those uh, I mean, on and on and on. You got them. You follow their life, uh, and you'll see that they don't eat Twinkies all day. They eat a very. Spe- I saw uh, what's the quarterback from Seahawks the other day, Russell Wilson. He's got two personal chefs. Now, he's rich. That's another subject. But he's got two chefs, and he, he eats only healthy foods. He don't go to the clubs on Friday nights. 
He, he, what, what's he doing? He's disciplining himself because not so he can say, oh, uh, I don't do any of them, I'm better than you. No, no, no. So that on Sunday, the product on the field is he can throw for 400, 500 yards. You see, you see my point. Paul is saying to Galatians, knock that stuff off. Crucify your flesh so you can shine shine in your communities you can lead your family and the devil won't take your kids they won't take your teenagers you can walk in vigor victory and if the pestilence does come near your house do what we did pray psalm 91 every morning pray it every evening lock hands and say i rebuke this thing in the name of jesus i'm going to be healed i'm going to be restored i'm going to make it in jesus name amen amen let me close. Listen, if you're watching online today or maybe you're here today and you need Jesus Christ to come into your life, you need Jesus to come into your heart, you need him to take you out. Maybe you're in a smelly bathroom, a smoky, lonely, dark place. Individually or in your marriage or you're here and you've been serving God and you were once on fire, you were once in the cafeteria every lunch, not ashamed, not afraid of conflict, but now you've found yourself back in a place where God's already delivered you. He can get you out of that. He, he's going to get you out of that. If you want to come out of that, he can get you out of that. But you've got to let him in. You've got to let him. Now, my story, thank God, I went on and, you know, in high school, you can get a name really quick. They could have called me the bathroom brownie boy or something. <laughs> that was not a good thing to say. I, I would have been, here's the point, I could have been known as the scaredy cat or whatever. Thank God I turned that reputation around. I went on to meet other friends and, and wasn't, I never ate a brownie in the bathroom again. My point is this, man, you can turn it around in your life. This year is not over. It's November. I know we all want it to be over. But what about your walk with God? Where are you at? Remember God came to Adam and said, where are you? Some of you, where are you spiritually right now? Where are you? When's the last time you read your scriptures? When's the last time you felt that fire, that passion? It's time to get back on fire for God. Come on, I need a church of people on fire for God. When we come out of this, I was just speaking to our chief of police, man, and they're, they're going through it, man. They, they need a church, someone to stand up and to say, hey, man, we're, we're going to stand for righteousness, and we're going we're gonna to help the community. We're going to be here as a light. We're going to love on people. If it's giving candy, giving toilet paper, I don't care what it is, man. We are the church. This community needs us. Your family needs you. Your community needs you. God needs you in the kingdom of God. Every single one of you today. So come on, look at me through the screen or looking at me right now. If you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus and come out of that bathroom, say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner today. I have sinned. And I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Wash me clean. And from this day forward, help me to walk with the Spirit. Come on, ask Him that. Help me to walk with the Spirit. Come on, you're at home. 
wiping away those tears right now. The Holy Spirit's just right there in your room. Come on, He can help you right now. Wherever you may be in Europe, you may be in another country watching this. Spirit of God can come right into your life right now and bring you right out of that place. And from this day forward, you're not going to be the same. In Jesus' name.